0: Do you have any money left? <laughs> or did you Brexit just in time? It's stunning to see the chasm of discontent in the Western world, both in Europe as well as in our country. It's not a new phenomenon. Periods of rapid change bring dramatic dislocation and discontent. It takes exceptional political skills to navigate the populace to a safe harbor. The Parsha of the Week Beha'alotcha, deals with these matters. After spending over a year absorbing all of God's commands in and around Mount Sinai, the Israelites finally embark on their march to the Promised Land. They expected to arrive in weeks, not decades. But as soon as the people left Mount Sinai, Rebelliousness sets in. They started complaining about practically everything, including the food that Moses arranges for them. There develops this powerful political movement among the Israelites to leave. Let's leave this unrealistic Moses project of uniting the tribes in the promised land and return to the old ways. The discontent is so high that this Leave campaign actually says to the Remain camp, let's go back to Egypt. Egypt, the land of slavery and oppression. But to them, it was better than remain in the wilderness. The Bible seems to connect national discontent expressed through political opposition to the ruling class with an existential restlessness residing in every person. There is a fundamental discontent inside all of us. That's why leadership is so hard. The populace is always prone to rebellion because we are rebellious creatures the bible suggests that to be human is to be dissatisfied there's an amazing phrase in the parsha that captures this discontent Veha suf asher bikirbo hitavuta'ahav the phrase is practically untranslatable. You often see it as, the riffraff were overwhelmed with desire. But literally, the verse means something like, and they desired desire. In other words, the Bible perceives a fundamental discontent that exists in the human spirit an inability to be fully satisfied, a burning desire for we don't even know what. We crave craving. We yearn yearning. We desire desire for desire's sake. We're never satisfied. In the Torah portion, this desire is expressed through food. We are sick of this manna, they complain. We want meat to eat. You remember that the manna would fall from heaven every day except Shabbat and sustained the Israelites throughout their journeys. But the sages say, as do mental health experts today. That food was a metaphor for a much deeper hunger. And meat, basar, was a metaphor for flesh – the cravings of the flesh that so often violently rage deep inside of us and give us no respite. We can't quench them. So in a sense, learning to live is about learning to control our desire for desire. If we do not learn this skill, desire will overwhelm us. That is one answer to the question, why did it take 40 years to get to the Promised Land? It took 40 years to master the discontents of freedom. Freedom means to be the master of my fate, the captain of my soul, not the slave of my desires. There's a great midrash in the Talmud about the manna. The sages ask, why didn't the manna come down once a year. In other words, why force the Israelites to collect their food, to collect the manna every day? Wouldn't it have been better? Wouldn't it have been easier if they had to worry about food only once a year? Shimon Bayerichai answered, there were three reasons why God wanted the Israelites to collect their food. Every day. Anyone? Why three reasons? Why did the manna come down every day rather than once a year? That's what the rabbis are asking. It would have been easier had it been once a year. Why every day? To appreciate it. People need routine. Here's what Shimon Bar answers. First, so that they would turn their attention to God. Second, so that they could eat the manna while it was still warm. And third, because of the burden of the way. First, to control our cravings for cravings, our desire for desire. We must turn our attention to God. Or, if you prefer, we must turn our attention to the higher things of life, to life's higher purposes. Life cannot only be about satisfying my physical needs. There must be a higher purpose to life. It is an especially important insight for modern people. We spend practically all of our energies on utilitarian goals. We look to science and technology to give us all of the answers to our basic questions. But these will never be enough. Because science only asks how, not why. Science is interested in how things were created, not why they were created. Science gives us the answer to the question, how was I born? But it cannot answer, nor is it even interested in the question, why was I born? The sage Shimon Bar Yochai reminds us that we must also turn our attention to God. To the higher purposes of life, to ask, along with the psalmist, "What is man that you are mindful of us? What are we that you are regard for us?" The reason that the manna didn't fall all at once was to force the Israelites to contemplate daily the wonders of existence, to ask. Not only how do I find food, but why do I eat? What is the food of life? Food, for us, <clears throat> means going to the market. We don't even know how food is grown. When I ask teenagers where avocados come from, they answer Fairway. If life becomes too mechanized, we can easily become discontented. If we are see ourselves simply as highly evolved animals, we will be driven mostly by what drives them. Instincts, cravings, hunger, and desire. Turn your sights towards the heavens. Find time to contemplate higher purposes of life. Second, God rained down manna every day, rather than once a year, to ensure that the food was still warm when the Israelites ate it. What a beautiful thought. God wanted the food to be tasty. If the Israelites gathered it once a year, They would be eating cold food every day except for the first day, nourishing but not enjoyable. The sages are telling us that life should be enjoyed. It should not be all about hardship, struggle and suppression of desire. We should be consuming the warm foods of life. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Generally, Jews do not practice abstinence. We do not withdraw from the world. We do not go up on a mountain for 30 years and meditate and not talk to people for 30 years. That's mostly torture for the Jews, not spirituality. We do not believe that truly pious people have no desires, no cravings, and no yearnings. In fact, the rabbis clarify that we will be admonished in the world to come for all of the legitimate pleasures that we have denied ourselves in this world. The nourishments of life should be consumed warm. We should enjoy being alive. We look with pity, not envy, on those who deny themselves legitimate pleasures. Eat well, drink well, earn well, have fun, enjoy – all in proportion, all in balance. The way to overcome our desire for desire is not to deny that we have desire. It is to satisfy our desires, but within reason. To find the balance between enjoyment and gluttony, between pleasure and excess. The manna should be warm, but you must still only collect a little bit of it every day. Third, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai taught that God rained down manna every day rather than once a year because of the burdens of the way. I think that what the sage is emphasizing is that our lives are not only about reaching the destination the goal, the promised land. We should find meaning in the way, in the journey. Most of our life is spent on the way to somewhere. If an entire year's supply of manna fell in one day, the Israelites would have had to carry an entire year's supply all year. That would have been too burdensome. We need to find ways to lessen the burdens. We need to find in our lives a lightness of living, a lightness of being. We must be able to find excitement and meaning not only in the arrival, not only in the destination, not only in the realization of the goal, but in the journey. It is pursuing goals more than actually realizing them that is our lot in life. Our lives are an end in themselves, not a means to a goal. Most of us never reached the promised land. Even Moses didn't reach the promised land. The journey of life is what we have in life. We can't maximize this journey if we are weighted down by a year's supply of manna, unnecessary burdens. As Shimon bar Yochai implies, the burdens of the way should not be too heavy. Carry less and enjoy more. The value of life is in having lived and experienced and enjoyed the journey. Robert Louis Stevenson wrote this. It is true that we shall never reach the goal. It is even more probable that there is no such place. And if we lived for centuries and were endowed with the powers of a God, We should find ourselves not much nearer what we wanted in the end. O toiling hands of mortals, fear traveling, feet traveling, ye know not whither. Soon, soon, it seems to you, you must come forth on some conspicuous hilltop, but a little way further against the setting sun and descry the spires of El Dorado. Little do you know your own blessedness. For to travel, hopefully, is better than to arrive. And true success is to labor.